is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 40 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show, the Sports Psychology Hour, from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm very excited to be with you as we begin this new year with our first show of 2020, and I will be sharing with you t- today is the beginning of my 30th consecutive year on radio here in Kansas City. Hard to believe I've been doing it this long, but nonetheless, I have. The last 20 years here, my 20th year now here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And <clears throat> I've been very fortunate to have the opportunity to be with you every week talking about the metal side of sports. I started this show years ago um, when I worked for the Kansas City Comets indoor soccer team. And our announcer, the infamous Kevin Wall, who now hosts the radio show out in Las Vegas, would interview me periodically, and he'd say, now let's talk to the Comets head coach, Dr. Jacobs, as in psychology head coach, not head head coach, because that was Rick Ben-Ben. Anyway, so one day Kevin says, you know what, Doc? You've got a good radio voice. I think you should do a radio show. So we started exploring the idea. I got a bunch of sponsors together and started a show called The Mental Power Hour back in 1992 at uh, KMBZ Radio in Kansas City. That show became a show called The Winning Edge, which became the Dr. Andrew Jacobs Psychology Show, which became the Dr. Andrew Jacobs Sports Psychology Hour here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And my first show, The Mental Power Hour, I interviewed people. And today I'm going to be introducing my guest in a few moments. And this individual happens to be the guest on my very first radio show 29 years ago. His name is Alan Mayer. We've become good friends, at least I think we have. (laughs) And uh, just a wonderful person, a great athlete, a great coach, a great individual, and he's gonna be joining us in a minute. And we're gonna talk today, because Alan interviewed with me in my first show about his goalkeeping with the Kansas City Comets, because Alan was at the time, back in the 80s, into the 90s, 70s, 80s, and to the 90s, Alan was really one of the top goalkeepers in American soccer. He co- coached for years after he played. He's still coaching. He's a wonderful person. He's a father, he's a grandfather. He's a, a, a great man. And it's been a privilege to have known him over the years. I'm gonna talk with him. We're gonna talk today about coaching, about sports, about the mental side of sports, because Alan is very knowledgeable about this and spent time with me back with the Comets, and I got to watch him get ready. And quite frankly, a lot of the things that I work with people on, I learned watching him, because he really was so good at getting mentally prepared to play and had a tremendous mindset. But before we bring him on the air, I just wanna thank everybody out there for listening to this show. 
you know, our shows started here. They, they're now podcasted all over the place on all the different venues, uh, podcast apps, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Apple iTunes, uh, here at Sports Radio 10 WHB on my website. They're all over the place. I'm, I'm getting people sending me emails from around the world, actually, listening to these shows. So I want to thank everyone who listens. And the reason I do this show is to help you get better and deal with things. Um, it's one of the few, if, if, if really the only sports psychology radio show in the country that's on regularly. And I love doing it, and I hope to keep doing it for many, many more years. Like I said, it's the beginning of my 20, you know, my, my th- you know, I've done this 30 years now, and I hope to do it for 50. That's sort of my goal, if I make it that long. And uh, I hope you're all staying safe out there. We're in a very trying time. I was fortunate enough to get vaccinated this week. I also found out that my mother, who is in assisted living in Los Angeles, contracted the coronavirus, although she's fine, got some treatment, and she's going to be fine. So, you know, you got. please take care of yourselves and be careful because you just don't know where this is going to hit you. Anyway. Let's get started with the show today. So joining me is my good friend, Alan Mayer. Alan, thank you for getting up this morning and joining us. How are you? Oh, great, Doc. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for the intro and uh, a huge, huge congratulations on 30 years. I mean, 30 years of doing anything nowadays consecutively is, is incredible. And you've done a great job with the show. And I know it made an impact in a lot of uh, uh, athletes' lives and not only, you know, at the youth level, but uh at the am- the amateur level and, and the professional level, so congratulations. Keep doing the same work, and and uh, I'm sorry to hear about your mom there with the virus. Uh, it is a difficult time right now, but uh, we wish we wish to send the send her our love, and uh, hopefully everything will work out well. Yeah, there. no, I think she's going to be fine. She got some treatment, and she's doing fine. In fact, she doesn't even realize she she has no symptoms, and she's probably going to be fine. In fact, everyone in the okay. assisted living facility that she's at has contracted this. No one's gotten really sick. They, they, but uh, but it is a scary time. She's 89 years old, and, you know, at that point in life, you just don't know what's going to happen. So Absolutely. so thank you for Absolutely. that. So listen, my friend, I want to want to get into some things to you today because you and I have known each other a long time. We met back in the 80s when you <coughs> came over in a trade from San Diego, or a trade or a free agent. I can't remember which it was, but... Free agent. Free agent. You, uh, with, mm-hmm. To join the Comets, Kansas City Comets indoor soccer team. And uh, we got to spend a lot of time together. I really, uh, you know, got to know you, watched how you would get ready uh, for games. You had your whole whole little taping thing going by your locker. You, you got listened to the theme from Rocky before games. You got yourself really mentally prepared. And I admired the way you did it because you, you had a routine that worked for you. And... You know, I, I think everyone who played with you on whatever team and the many teams you've been on would all say you were the consummate professional. Um, mentally, how important do you think that aspect, the whole mental side is with sports, Alan? I mean, you played for years, you've coached, you're still coaching, you coach young kids, you coach professionals. How important is the psychological side? Well, I think the mental part of it... Uh Especially as you get older, is 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 actually more more important than the physical side. Uh, I mean, as a as a youth, when you're going uh, playing any sport that there is, uh, uh, you know, eight years old, ten years old, fourteen, fifteen, uh, physical part of it's you know important, and you you know you want to be able to you know jump and kick and shoot and putt and everything like that. You want to be able to do those things, and if you can do them well, that that'll that that'll uh, help you out tremendously in, in, in your success uh, 
Now, as you get older, as you get into high school, as you get into college, and especially when you get into professional, uh, the mental aspect of it takes over. And, yes, you absolutely have to have the physical, uh, especially to make it in, into the, uh, you know, higher ranks, college and professional, you have to have the physical attributes, no question about it. But you know what? Every single person out there has those uh, good physical attributes, you know. In, in my case, uh, uh, sports, you know, everybody could kick a ball. Everybody could trap a ball. Everybody could pass a ball. Everybody could head it. They were all very, very good at that. Now the, the problem is how do I get better? And the, big, the, the, the best way and the most important way is how, uh, the mental side of it. And it's a hard thing to judge. Mental, as you know, mental, mental side is a hard thing to actually judge. And, you know, you, um, you either have it or you don't, but I think that you can learn on, um, you know, doing different things, different drills and things and to help your, your mental capacity. But uh, the mental side of it uh, takes over, and I would say, um, I mean, if I was to put a, uh, a number on it, Doc, I would say probably, you know, you're looking at uh, uh, 25% physical at the professional level, at least 25% physical and 75% of it is, is mental. Well, we're going to talk more about this as we go to a break here. I want to get into yeah. this with you. My guest this morning is Alan Mayer, one of the great soccer goalies in American soccer history, a coach as well. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? 
Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. <clears throat> Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the beginning of my 30th year on radio here in Kansas City, my 20th year at Sports Radio 810 WHB, and I'm privileged to have as my guest this morning the individual who was the guest of my very first show. His name's Alan Mayer. He's one of the best goalies ever to play soccer in the United States. He's a coach. He's a player, former player, whom I've known for years, and uh, Alan's been kind enough to join us on our anniversary, Alan, or our 29th anniversary of the... Uh, being on the radio you know you you came on that very first show and uh i was pretty nervous back then and uh you you actually calmed me down and uh <laughs> you know it's been interesting I've, I've survived all these years on radio here in town and and our show is brought rebroadcast around the country the following weekend in a number of cities and our list is growing and you know one of the things i admired about you when i watched you play was you you had a routine you know you had a physical routine to get ready but you also had a mental routine didn't you Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, I, absolutely. And again, that uh, mental routine is probably more important than your the, the physical routine. Obviously, the physical routine is a the deal where you you know you play on Saturday, and so you're training on on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, and do all kinds of different trick, uh, drills to get your body in shape, and you want to be able to get out there and perform at your uh, possibly high uh, uh, peak that you can. But the, uh, the, 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 the mental, there's also the mental routine that you, you have to go through. And, and, and that mental routine is more, it, it starts at the beginning, uh, in the beginning of the week, uh, but it, it intensifies as the week goes on. Uh, you know, you can start thinking about different things you're going to do in the games and things uh, uh, like on a Monday or Tuesday. But then as it gets closer uh, and closer to game time, I know that uh, uh, the, the day of the game, I was in uh, – 
I, you know, I will say I was a wreck, but I was, um, I was a, probably a difficult person to be around because uh, I was so involved in, in, in my routine. Um, you, you, know, were, you were very, and, you know, when I, and I can remember you in the locker room getting ready, you know, you had tape all over your locker. You had a routine to tape yourself. You were very, I remember you and I would sort of look at each other. You sort of nod at me. I can still see you doing that. You know, you just have a little routine to get ready. Remember that? Oh, I absolutely do. I absolutely do. And 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 and, and one little thing. I don't know if I've ever told you this before, uh, but I mean, you were part of that routine, actually. You know, it was um, when when every when we finished uh, taping, getting ready for the game, and just as we 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 would be walking out of the the, um, uh, the locker room, uh, you and I still to this day I remember, and it, and it made a big big deal for you. And uh, you, you would just say. You know, as the players walk by, everybody you know wishes everybody good luck on the, on, on out there in the, on the field and stuff. But you would just say something like under your breath, so I could hear you. You know, just say "Eye of the Tiger," and right. that was a trigger. That was a trigger point to to say, "Okay, you better you know you got to bring your your mental game here, and you got to get out there." And what does "Eye of the Tiger" mean? Well, "Eye of the Tiger" meant that you went out there and you you performed. Uh, you, you gave everything you possibly could. Uh, you you, uh, you you were just tired around the field. You just did everything you possibly can, and as soon as the game was over with, and that's it, it's over with. Uh, but when you're on there for the 60 minutes that we played, you better be ready. To, you better be ready from day uh, from the first second all the way to the end, and just go out there and and, and play uh, all out basically. And now, so you were you were you were a part of that routine, believe it or not. Well, I, I appreciate that, I, and I, I I recall that. I do recall that. Um, you know your your ability to focus was unique because it was different than a lot of other people because you, you had that routine, that mental routine to go through. And, you know, you, you've, throughout your career, you know, you played with and against, you know, hundreds of players. And you could, you could probably tell mentally the guys who had confidence and were focused better than the guys that weren't, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you can just tell by uh, physical appearance and on, on how, how, how they walked and, and how they talked and, they looked at you, and uh, uh, you know it's it's it, you, it, the big thing about that is you know the confidence level that that, that you um, allude out to to uh, your teammates and and the opponents. So let's talk about that because you know I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one that's stronger mind will come out on top. And I know you know you mentioned, you mentioned earlier seventy five percent when you get to professional level really is is about the psychological component. Why do you think? There is a hesitancy, you know, for a lot of teams to utilize sports psychologists, you know, because you and I have talked about this many times. Uh, you and I have worked together on many teams, and both both of us are very close to Rick Ben Ben, who was the coach with the Kansas City Commons, and then then was at UMKC for years. One of the best people I've ever known. I think you'd agree with me on that. You know, Rick was totally open to using me, and it it worked out great. But you know, there is a lot of hesitancy for a lot of people to use psychologists. Why do you think that is? Well, I think number one is it's a um, it's almost like a fear factor for for coaches and and, and uh, administrations to to think well uh, you need somebody to come in and help you uh, on the mental side. Uh, let's do more on the physical side because you you, you, you physical side is there's there's more that you can test and get results from from the physical side. Okay. Uh, uh, but the mental side is that you don't get you don't uh, know the 
the results. They're, they aren't as measured as much as they are on the physical end of it. You know, it's how, how far can I throw a ball? Well, I can throw it, you know, 65 yards, for example, okay, so that you can measure that. But it's, it's hard to say. It's, it's hard to measure how, how, um, uh, how important, how much confidence does somebody have? I mean, that's hard to say unless you, uh, you know, uh, and talk to the person about it. And, okay. and sometimes there's, if, 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 sometimes you think you're doing the right thing, but really you aren't. And it's nice to have somebody there to tell you, well, maybe you should do, you, I mean, you never ever told us what to do. It was maybe this is a, 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 a deal that has worked for other people and, Go ahead and try it, which is helpful. Well, when I started, of course, back in the 1981 when I graduated and started working in this field, I was one of the first people in the whole country to do it, and I've been doing it ever since. Somehow I've survived because there have been a lot of people who didn't believe in this. I've worked with a lot of people who have and have been supportive of it. But at the same time, you're right. You know, what you hit on there is exactly right. You can't me- – you know, I ask, I ask people when they come in my office, <clears throat> if we had to measure your confidence from 1 to 10, 1 being low and 10 being high, where would it be? You know, a lot of people, they, they give me a number, <clears throat> but it's, it's, it's an opinion. It's a feeling when you measure, you know, how much you can, you can power lift or how much you can bench. That's a specific number. You either do it or you don't. Feelings are hard to judge and evaluate. However, in the end, the mental aspect of everything is what becomes the determining factor. And like you just said, you've played on, we've got about a minute left here before we go to our next break, but you've played on many championship teams. And with players who were very strong mentally, and you played on teams with players who weren't strong mentally. And what do you think the main difference was? Uh, <laughs> I think the main difference, what you're just talking about there, would be results. Uh, people that are strong, are good physically and uh, mentally, uh, will, will create better results than somebody just that's good physically. You have to have both components. You have to have physical and you have to have mental. And the people that have both those mental and physical uh, capabilities will succeed uh, over the, the, the other type. Joining me this morning is former professional goalkeeper, coach, and one of the best people I've ever known. His name is Alan Mayer. Played soccer for years. He's in the Indoor Soccer Hall of Fame. He understands the sport of soccer, but he understands the mental aspect. He's the guest of my very first radio show 29 years ago, and he was kind enough to join me today as I begin my 30th year on radio. We're going to talk about kids' sports and youth sports as we come back from our break. How to coach kids the right way. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. 
One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio at 10 WHB in Kansas City. Today's beginning of my 30th consecutive year of radio here in Kansas City, and my guest today is former goalkeeper and a current coach in soccer, the field of soccer. His name is Alan Mayer. Alan was the very first guest on my very first show back in 1992, and he was kind enough to join us again. I've known him for years. A great person, great family man. I don't think there's anybody that, that will tell you they've known Alan Mayer who won't, won't say you know great things about him. And I'm not saying that because we're on the radio. It's, it's true. Other than, other than when he, he challenges you to play tennis. Okay, so other than when he challenges to play tennis, says he's not that good, and then kicks your butt, which he did with me, 
And uh, then he says, oh, by the way, I played number one all, all four years in college. Um, <clears throat> but we won't talk about that, will we? <laughs> <laughs> well, good is relative. <laughs> Some people like that, that, you know, playing in college is good. But, you know, if you're a professional guy, it's, it, well, who's his chump type deal? Alan, so, Alan, yeah. Alan kicked my butt on the tennis court and I tore my hamstring in the process as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was all your that. fault, too. All your fault. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, listen. Um, Let's talk about kids sports, Alan, because you've coached kids. You've worked yep. with Sporting KC's Academy. Um, mm-hmm. You've coached at the collegiate level. You've coached kids all the way in the professional level. How do we how do we start coaching kids? Okay, let's 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 get into this. So, first of all, when do you think kids should start playing sports? And when should they start playing organized sports? When should they start playing games? What's your opinion on that? Well, my opinion is, uh, you know. You can get them. You can get them playing sports from from day uh, you know day day one and respect it. You know um, uh, when you're at home and they're you know they're, they're one year old or something. You can you can just play you know just play with them. Uh, you know throw a ball or or whatever. I, I have uh, three small grandchildren right now, and you know whenever they come over, we just we do something. We play with them. Now that's not organized by any means. It's just uh, you know playing and, 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 and you're having fun doing it. So just as far as playing is concerned, they can start playing, you know, as soon as they come out. <laughs> uh, now, uh, as far as organization is concerned, and as, as I think that, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people start kids off when they're three, four years old. I think that's okay uh, if, if there's only one thing in, in mind at that time, and that is just to go and have them just develop. And have fun when when they're doing it. When you, you know, excuse me, when uh, you say start them, what do you mean by start them? Well, starting starting them is if you if you enroll them in a class somewhere, uh, you know, a local you know uh, a class that you 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 uh, uh, you know you go into the uh, All American Indoor Sports Facility or, or someplace like that, and and you, uh, uh, you you start them in a young program that they have. Now, it's uh, I think that that's good if. Some, some. It depends upon the individual too. Some, some kids, as uh, they're not ready to, to start playing anyway. They're not ready to socialize with anybody. So, uh, if, uh, if, if indeed that person is uh, the, the, the child is able to get out there and, and function with other people, it, you know, the uh, age limit time is, is not not that important. Uh, but if the person is struggling with, uh, you know. I know that with my young, uh, one of the youngest grandchildren, uh, they, they would go to the uh, to a, a, a class, and uh, they didn't want to go in because they they didn't want uh, you know they wanted to, be, to stay with mommy, and and that's fine. Uh, so uh, you you just you just uh, you know wait a little while, and you know a few months later, now she now she can't get uh, you know she goes in and uh, goes right and starts playing right away without. Uh, uh, being being around mom, so uh, I think it's going to uh, be uh, the, uh, a judge on the age of the child is going to be differently. But as far as being able to maybe get on a team and start playing, then uh, you know I, I I you know I'm okay with uh, when I, I've taught people that are five years old, six years old, seven years old. Uh, I actually prefer if you're going to get a little more serious about between eight and ten years old. Uh, and uh, but you have to, Doc. I mean, it's a, it's a necessity that when a kid starts the sport, that it's for one reason only, 
And one reason only, and that is to play and have fun. Have fun. It's, have fun. Absolutely. That is so important. And it's even important that as you get older and play in the higher levels, high school, college, professional, fun is, is important. But, I mean, as a child uh, growing up and developing, it's, the, it's just by far the most important thing. And as long as they're having fun doing it, hey, just let them keep doing it and, and let them uh, develop. And, and I don't mean, I don't say just go into one sport. I, I'm a proponent of uh, having your, your child play multiple, multiple sports, uh, sports because you learn something different in each sport that's going to help you overall. Well, I, I agree with you 100%. My guest today is Alan Mayer. One of the best goalies in American soccer history. He's coached for years. He understands the sport of soccer, but he understands sports, success, and failure. Alan was the very first guest on my very first radio show 29 years ago, and asked him to come and join me here as I began my 30th year on radio. And so, so, so let me ask this question, Alan: When does the when should the score matter? Okay, when do you think score and results should matter? Because we we both are in 100 percent agreement. It should be about having fun when you get kids started playing, learning skills, learning fundamentals. And and not being scared. And I'll get into the whole thing about failure in a minute. But but when right. should when should winning that's the score start to matter? Oh man, you're not going to like my answer. I don't think, Doc. Uh, but I, I I don't think it, it, it the score shouldn't matter until uh, you start getting higher up in your in your in your career. And higher up means uh, maybe high school, college, and you know definitely score means everything professional. But I would say score shouldn't matter until. Uh, and even, even, I think it should matter, you know, to some degree, but not everything, you know, starting in the high school level. No, um, I, I, no, I, I, I think late middle school, early high school, that's when right. it should start to come into play. Yep. But before that, it's, 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 it should be insignificant, because here's the deal. For my opinion, let me just interject here and get your thought. You get these coaches who go crazy. I mean, I have people. I've had people for years come in my office. These kids. Is sixth, seventh, eighth graders who have coaches who will degrade them and insult them and and, and harm them psychologically because they screwed up and they cost the team the game. And it's like, so what? But what are you doing to that kid by demeaning them and insulting them because they made a mistake? Did they do it on purpose? Did they drop the ball on purpose? Did they miss the shot on purpose? No, right? I mean, that. So to me, I agree. Go, go, go on. Yeah, no, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, there are some, you know, uh, everybody's different in the way they accept uh, criticism, accept blame, accept everything. And for some, for 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 for, for that one certain person out of maybe a uh, hundred thousand or, or a million, performs better when they have a coach like that. I, I do, I do know that you know some some people perform better if there's somebody on their on their back and on their rear, you know. Uh, pushing them all the time. Yes, that's absolutely true. But that's only that, that's one in a million. But okay? but the way but the way to push some people is in a positive, supportive way, not degrading and insulting and cutting them down. It's absolutely dead on. That's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Because I I have a saying, Alan. A good coach checks his or her ego at the door. It's not about the Bingo. coach. It's about the athlete. It's about the team. And, you know, if you look at great coaches, and you've been around some great, listen, you got to, you know, Ron Newman was a coach that comes to my mind that you played for, yep. who yep. coached the soccer, San Diego soccer, and he came here and coached the Kansas City Wiz, right? When you can, mm-hmm. I think you put him in that classification. No question. No question about it. Um, you know, Ron was a great, great coach, a great human being. And, uh, you know, I mean, as a professional coach, you've got to coach maybe a little bit different than, than you know, because you're, you're obviously you're coaching for wins at the professional level. But at the youth level, Man, uh, 
you know, it, it, it kills me to see that these coaches out there thinking that they're playing the World Cup, and they think that that that, that, that game that they're playing it, you know, under 13 is is going to. Uh, uh, you know, change the world. Exactly, uh, exactly. My guest this morning is Alan Mayer, former professional goalkeeper. He's a coach. He's one of the top goalies in the history of American soccer. He's the guest of my very first radio show 29 years ago and is kind enough to join me again today as I begin my 30th year on radio. We're talking about the mental side of sports. We're talking about his career. And we're talking about what makes success work and why failure happens. Give us a call and let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.
This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 10 WHB in Kansas City. Today's beginning my 30th year on radio, as I've been mentioning, and my guest today is the individual who started it all with me on my very first show, my very first show back in 1992 in January called the Mental Power Hour. My guest was Alan Mayer, and he is joining me again today. So, Alan, in another uh, 30 years, then, when we're in our 90s, will we do it again? <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, confidence, okay? Uh, perhaps the most important word in sports is, or two words, would be self-confidence. To me, yeah. it's, the, it's the easiest thing in the world to lose and the hardest thing in the world to gain if you have the wrong coaches and teammates around you. You obviously, as, as I watched you play years ago when, when we worked together, you were extremely confident on the, on the soccer field. How do you build confidence in young people, and how do you destroy it? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, you just, you just nailed it. Uh, the most important thing in, in sports is confidence, no question about it. But there's, as, I like to think that maybe there's, as, as a coach, is really two, two confidence. Two, two parts of confidence. Number one is fake confidence. I, I can't tell you, and this is the bad kind. Fake confidence is, is bad and respected. Um, I, I can't tell you how many players I've talked to and this and that, and they tell you how good they are, uh, how, how well they're playing, and how how this um, how they can do um, they can do um, you know run a, a mile in four five minutes. They can kick a ball a hundred miles an hour. You know, it's just, that's, that's fake. They're just they're just saying it. Then it's the, okay, it's hold on, hold on. And why, why do you think that is? I agree with you, but tell me why you think that is. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a personality uh, 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 fault on, on that particular player in that they, they have to try to build themselves up fakely. I mean, they've they, they got to say, you know, I'm good, I'm the best, I'm this, I'm that. And they don't believe it. They, you know, they, they just have so many, they make so many excuses on why they didn't aren't performing, you know. Uh, I'm the best goalkeeper in the world, but you know what? Uh, I, I didn't play today because my you know my shoulders hurt me, or or uh, uh, some some excuse. So uh, they uh, they you know it's just always it's it's not true within you. Uh, what you just talked about, self confidence, the real confidence is the real deal where you really believe that you can do the job, and then you go out and do it. Uh, and see, and I see. In, go go ahead. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Believe in yourself. Okay, so I I think that starts when you're a youngster, and you I go. think that starts when you you start to learn a sport or learn a subject in school. We're all gonna. No one's perfect. You know that. At least nobody I've met is perfect. Uh, other than I'll tell my mother she is, but because I I like to do that. But but right. no one's perfect. Everyone screws up, and I think. Learning at a young age, and this is my opinion, I want to get your thoughts on it. When, when kids fail, whether it's in, it, on a test or in a sport or whatever, and they make a mistake, they screw up, rather than being criticized and insulted and degraded or yelled at or cut down, talk with them about, okay, why, why, what happened there? Why do you think you, you made that mistake? Why did that go wrong? And see if they can understand. And don't get them scared of failure. Get them to, you know, in my book, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports that I co-wrote with Jeff Montgomery, Pete Malone. Third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. So to me, learning to fail as part of everything we do and not being scared of it teaches us how to succeed later on. What do you think? 
Uh, oh, I wow! I I I I couldn't have said any better than that, bud. Uh, uh, it it's uh, it, if if the kid if if the kid does fail, you need to find out what the real reason is and try to help him overcome that. Uh, but, and, and not yell and scream at him and cut him down because no. they screwed up. Nope. Yep. I mean, even at the professional level, when I work with my guys, uh, like we had a game last night, you know, and I'll be I'll be talking to the guys, uh, you know, uh, on on Monday when when we see them, uh, you know, the the person can do ten very good things and then two really bad things. Okay, you you need to come, you need to tell them what the bad things were and to try to overcome it. But before you even go to the bad things, you start with you, you go in and, and tell him about all the good good plays that he made, and uh, uh, and and you know keep his confidence at a at a, at a high level. And uh, but they do need to know about the, the failures. But you you don't go and say, hey, you stink, you're you you're, you're terrible, you never can play this game. I mean, even this, that the, this at the professional level, you definitely don't say that at the youth level because then they may start believing it and and and. And uh, uh, have major consequences, uh, mental consequences, as as they grow up in their development as a player. So let me ask you this question for you personally, because uh, as I watched you play over the you know the years of the Kansas City Comets, I, I found you to be an extremely confident person, in in the way you handled yourself on the field and off the field. Why do you feel that was? And and were and and, and I think you'd say you were. I don't think you'd say yeah. you weren't. Okay. Why why was that? Well, I, I think I was confident because uh, uh, you've had you, you, you build on as as a child. You build on uh, you start making a pyramid and things, and you start building on successes that you you have had. And I and I would contribute a lot of it uh, the mental aspect on uh, with confidence is that you know there's there's winning and losing uh, a game or, or or anything in life, and it wasn't that I enjoyed the winning so much. It was just that I hated, hated to lose, and so because you hated to lose, you would you would try harder, and uh, when the more success that you got, you started believing that yes, I can do it, and I think the good players are players who will will take that feeling and and just use it in a positive manner and not go ahead and say I can do it, and then and then. Uh, have three or four bad games, or well, everybody's going to play bad once in a while. But you you want to be able to believe that you can you can you can do it. And if you really believe that you can do it, uh, I think that it's going to help you in in your game. How old were you when you think you learned that? I I think I think it started like when I was about five or six years old, and 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 you know I got hit by a car uh, and broke my leg. And I uh, started uh, rehabbing and started saying, hey, I'm seeing myself getting better and better. And uh, uh, so it, it started at an early age, I, I believe. And, and it probably, you know, I don't know, I, I don't know the intricacies of it, but I don't know if it's inherited or not. Uh, but uh, I do know that, you know, I had, you know, major event as a youngster. And you know, I, you know, it, it, it's how you dealt with well, dealt with it. And I dealt with it, and it would feel that uh, I want to get better, and I want to uh, succeed. All right. Before we wrap things up today, I want to ask three three definitions for you from you. Huh? First, what's your definition of winning? 
winning. Oh, that's it. Okay, I'm going to talk at a professional level right now. Winning is uh, you, 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 you score more points than the other team. Okay. Okay, at that, that, that professional level. Win, winning, winning at the amateur level and the, and the kids' level is uh, uh, going out and enjoying yourself. Great. Did I, did I, Great. Did I enjoy what I did? L- okay, losing. Losing. Uh, again, just basically at the professional level, it's you know, who, who, who scored less than the other. Uh, you lost the game, so you're, you're, um, you, you lost the game. Uh, losing is uh, at all other levels is not not giving you all your your the your effort that that you you have that you can do. And our not last one. Okay, and our last word here quickly, Al, is is self confidence. What does that mean? Self-confidence, believe in yourself. Believe you can do your, believe you can do it, you know, in the, really, really believe you can do it. Not fake, fake believe, but really believe in yourself. Okay. You, you just hit it on the head in all three, which is why I wanted to have you on today. I can't thank you enough, our, our friendship over the years, um, knowing you, um, the impact you've made on me as well, professionally, because you've helped me understand what I do, the fact that you were willing to you know, work with me when we were on the Kansas City Comets together and uh, stayed together over the years through work at UMKC as well. Uh, when it comes to professionalism, Alan, and I'm not saying this because we've known each other a long time, because I mean it, you, you are at the top of the list. And anybody who's gotten to work with you, spend time with you, will, will benefit from, from your friendship and knowledge. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Our first show 29 years ago, my 30-year anniversary today, Alan Mayer, my good friend, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show today. If you want to listen to it, they're rebroadcast throughout the week. Number of stations next weekend will broadcast the show, different cities. They're podcasted all over the place on Apple iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, here at my website, winnersunlimited.com, here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. You can follow me on Twitter at DRJ Sports Psych. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. My office number is 816 561 5556. Stay well. Happy New Year, everybody. And look forward to talking to you next week. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Olivia from Washington. 
laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna, from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha, from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.